What? Hey, you know what it is. It's to get you happy on hour on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm your host, Ricky C. Simmons. And look at here. We finna have some fun tonight. And we're gonna learn something, too. That's the most important part. You know, today I was kind of wrestling with this concept. Real simple concept. It's like, I admire helping other people. And I admire people that like to help other people. Unfortunately, you know... That's not a real popular thing. Uh, We live in a takedown society, and I I respect that. A lot of people spend a lot of time focusing just on themselves. But when you can look outside of yourself to try to help lift others up, I think there's something very special about that. I think it's called human kindness. Uh, We need more of it. We really do. I see I got Carter in the house tonight. What's up with you, Carter? Not much. Good to be back. I was a little bit under the weather last week. Yeah, man. Well, you know what? That happens. But the good thing is you're back. You're feeling good. Oh, yeah. That's what, That's the only thing that matters. You know, uh, before we start our show tonight, I want y'all to know something. I got a special in-studio guest. And this person here kind of follows along the lines of what I was just speaking about. They spend a lot of their time being selfless and helping others. I think that's very, very important. So I'm going to first ask a couple of questions of my guest, and then she's got quite a bit of stuff she wants to share with us. So I'm going to be learning tonight also. Ashley. Yes. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, man, it's just another day in paradise. That's just the way I choose to look at life. I want to say, first of all, welcome to the show, and thank you for being willing to come on to the show. Actually, the first question I have for you is, for those who are like myself that don't really know a lot about you, mm-hmm. where did you grow up? I am from here in you're, Lincoln. You're from Lincoln? Yes, okay. I am. Yep, born and raised. What high school did you go to here? Lincoln High. Went to Lincoln yes, High? Yes, I did. Okay. Now, you know, that's, that's kind of interesting because growing up here, I know that uh, you know a lot of people. I I try to think I do maybe yeah. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe not I don't know but you got into this this type of employment mm-hmm. and you've been doing this for quite a while can you kind of walk us through mm-hmm. wh- where you started and we'll get to what you're doing now a little later yeah sure um well I uh had my kids pretty young so I started later with college and life and um basically kind of dived right into where I was going to be going with life and um, trying to be a humanitarian, do my thing. Um, My first part was working for criminal defense attorneys for nine years. That was kind of, you know, I really wanted to have that part of my life, um, you know, trying to figure out how I'm going to help save those people on that side of the table. Um, that, that was good. It was hard though, because you have to defend a lot of people that are coming in and you know, the ones that are really, really, really there because they want that change in their life, but you just can't help them. You can't help everybody. You try to help everybody, but you can't help everybody. Um, so I decided it was time to move on basically from working with attorneys. Um, you know, I went into... Uh, working insurance for about four years. It actually paid pretty well. 
How'd you um, like that? I hated it. It was terrible. <laughs> I hated it. Um, I I know everybody needs insurance, but um, it just it was a very. I was a clock in, clock out. I'm I'm a empath. I need to be around people. I need to be gotcha. um, making a difference, and the the making the difference was not happening in insurance for me. So I decided to go back to school, get another degree, um, and. It was going into social work, really making that difference because no matter what career I had, whatever job I had, it was helping somebody. Right. No matter what was going on. Now, what was the first job that you took where you was actually doing what you love to do? Oh, um, I would say foster care, actually. I mean, I I did a lot of in-home services um, for about four or five years, a lot of... um, skill building um with youth and adults but um mostly mostly going into foster care was really like the awakening for me and like human relations what i really wanted to do with the world you know that's kind of interesting because uh that's not easy no it's really not and you <laughs> stay with it for a while and uh i think i think you said something about a place you worked at center for people Yeah, I actually, so after I left foster care, so I worked in the foster care and I decided to go uh, work for Center for People in Need and I oversaw their reentry program. Um, That was probably one of the hardest jobs I've had to have ever. Why um, would you say that? Because you have these human beings who are coming to you, um, you know, they've been incarcerated for a long period of time. They don't feel like they're getting the help they need. They have all these barriers getting ready to be released out to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, they need you to see them for a human being and not just an inmate number. And so we really had to work on skills to make them um, know their worth and know that they have done their time, but they need to, you know, contribute to society, but they're ready to do it. They, they knew what they had done, but they needed to go out and they needed to contribute. How long, I'm just curious, how long did you work with Center for People? Um, a little over two years. So two years. I, so um, we were contracted with um, Corrections. So okay. we worked within Center for People in Need. Um, we had a lot of changing to do in there. Um, I rebranded. Um, I just did a lot of, um, you had to really just take the time and understand that the people you're helping are, um, really wanting the help, and it was long hours. It was mentally and emotionally draining. Um, there were people that I didn't want to want to work with, to be honest. Like they're just, but you know what? It didn't matter because the people that were coming back, that were being successful, coming back after they'd been released, had a job, um, had their education, all these other things. They held a, um, you know, they were able to get apartments. They were able to do everything they needed to do, get a relationship back with their children, all that repairing that they needed to do. Having them come back in and say, everything that we went through, the hard times when you were like frustrated with us or trying to help us and push us, this, 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 it was all worth it. And that feeling coming back was the reason you, I did You know, it. that's a feeling that you really can't put a price on. No, You not. know, because uh, so many times when people... Uh, come back and say hey thanks mm-hmm. to you guys i have a life now right i have a chance at life that i think is one of the most rewarding feelings that you could have yes it is. now you did that you say for two years mm-hmm. then what what came next so um burnout is real burnout's real 100 percent burnout burnout's is real, real. Um, I'm the type of person to say, you need to take time for yourself. You need to do self-care. You need to, 
you know, really focus on you. And I would preach it and preach it and preach it, but I would never do it for myself. You know, Mm. I have a kid in college, one in high school, and I'm constantly like, you know, making sure everything for them is first. Everything with my family is first. You know, it's never been about me. And because I did that, even though it's important to do that, you can't take care of your family and do the things that you need to do if you're not taking care of yourself first. That's true. So I was at the point in my career where um, I had burnout. I was mentally, emotionally exhausted. But I also realized that all these adults that I've been working with, you can really try and help these adults turn their lives around. But where we need to start is with the youth because the youth are the ones that are turning into those adults. Correct. And we have to lay that foundation down for them so that they can, their time to grow is during those years to learn, um, you know, to get through life, all those things they need to be doing. That's the time we need to be teaching them, showing them skills, um, providing things for them to keep their minds, um, from going to those bad places. And they go those bad places pretty easy. Oh, yes. You know, uh, I've noticed that just just through general observation there. Unfortunately, I'm not making excuses for our youth, but they do have a lot of distractions. Absolutely. You know, uh, I know technology has tremendous upside and Mm -hmm. tremendous benefits, Mm -hmm. but it it also comes with some side effects. Right. So I think a lot of our youth are falling victim to the side effects. Yes, because, I agree. Because I mean, they, I mean, like I said, I don't want to come on here and bash anything, but the one thing I do recognize is, you know, how important technology is to everybody. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be really important to the youth. Mm-hmm. That's what I've noticed. Oh yeah, it's their life. When they don't have it in front of them, it's the, you've ruined their world. You're, they have a complete meltdown. I have not met one yet that does not have a meltdown when they realize they can't have their cell phone for a day or oh, yeah. two hours. Yeah, that's like a crisis. Yes, it is. Yeah. I came from the pager days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the nearest pay phone? Well, I need to go call this person back <laughs> now. So you say you did. Uh, so what are you currently into now? What are you, what are you doing? So currently um, I am the assistant program director at the Cedars Youth Emergency Shelter. So you worked your way all the way up to well, that? Well, I know. I, I've. I'm working on it. No, you're no, you're doing it. it. <laughs> no, you really are doing it. You gotta give yourself some credit too. Thank you. You are doing it. So you're the assistant program director. Mm-hmm. So what all do you guys do? So um, we have Cedars. Um, if I can give just like kind of an overview. Oh, go of Cedars, go right ahead. I could talk for days. You no, better. that's okay. I want to hear. I want to learn. Monitor me. No, no, we're good. <laughs> we got Carter. Carter got us. <laughs> Remember when you say. Eh, I'm <laughs> So basically what Cedars is in general is um, we are a nonprofit organization that is trying to provide like the safety, the stability, um, repairing those relationships with all the families that Mm -hmm. they have. Um, Just any situation that they're in, we want to provide that safety for them. We want to provide those services for them. We want to do everything that we can for them. we actually cedars they started they've been around for 75 years they actually just celebrated their 75th year so they started back in uh, 1947 there was um reverend charles and his wife alberta uh danner i believe they took one little kid in and 
all of a sudden it started pouring in with more kids and more kids and then it was just kind of like okay well we're gonna start making a difference with these kids because nobody else seems to care nobody else wants to do that um we actually um let's see where i work in shelter um there's 5,000 plus nights a year that we provided safe housing and um crisis stabilization basically for all those kids that came through we are a 24 7 running shelter every day what's the age groups that you so the emergency shelter is basically ages 12 to 18 it's very rare that we have anything younger than 12 the only time is if it's um like a sibling uh like two siblings that come in um and we'll do it we're not supposed to like take them instantly but if we do enough begging we'll just be like for one day two days right we gotta do it um during that time frame so what we do in shelter is we want to provide those um well again the stability everything like that the safety um we are a short-term shelter we're actually one of the only ones in nebraska so we have kids coming from western nebraska i mean their eight-hour drive wherever they're coming in um you know we are the only shelter and you have. said your age groups is what 12 to 18 12 to 18 yes so boys and girls wow yes boys and girls how how, uh, how large is your facility i mean how many people can you hold so we have with our kiddos capacity at like 20 um i know it doesn't sound like a lot but when you have 20 kids that are involved in the juvenile justice system on probation or you know they're they're only not going through just the juvenile system but they got you know trauma from being removed from their home constantly all i have to say is it is a generational cycle Hmm. 90% of these kids that come through are from previous foster care or their parents were in foster care their parents were in prison their parents had substance abuse um you know going on it's just all these things play into why they are in shelter with us it's generational it really is you know that's that's kind of sad that that's where we are but i mean you know what on the bright side i'm very glad that you guys have that uh shelter in place yes so that you know i mean because if without you guys a lot of those kids would probably just be on the street they are we don't want a kid to be homeless we are there for that reason um you know that's that's our like we just don't want any kid to be homeless if we have to take them for you know 24 hours they're coming we don't we're going to make room for them um but we do more than that we our kids we get them set up with the education if they're already going to school in lincoln we we work with lots of um you know the public schools that they're at you know working with administrators counselors making sure that we still can keep that going so that they're not you know dropping out or oh we're already this far we're just going to say screw it we're not going to do it whatever um the kids will we have groups that we do we have um so like right now i'm training my staff to do healthy relationships more um just positive behaviors cognitive thinking Um, we work on individual life skills a lot of these kids are they're going to be aging out a lot of these kids are aging out and they know it they're so aware of it and they're scared to death so when they age out, for those of you who don't know what that means, kind of explain what that means when you say age out. So a lot of these kids um, were parentified growing up. So like mom and dad or just mom was working two jobs. Um, they had younger siblings. They were doing a lot of the raising of these kids. Um, so they really, really had to learn those life skills early 
um, than the average teenager, you mm -hmm. know? And so they're to the point where they're about to become adults and they know a lot of life skills. They just don't know how those are going to work in the real world when they're out there on their own and not having to take care of other kids. You know, I'm just sitting here thinking when a kid ages out, uh, I'm assuming that's 18. Yeah, well, 19, technically 19 in Nebraska. 19, okay, so yes, yeah, 19 he ages out yeah. and he don't have any where to go or don't have any family. Mm -hmm. Can they reach back out to you? Or? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. We will provide, and that's what's great about Cedars. I mean, I could go on for days about the services that we provide, but, um, you know, we have in-home uh, support. We have a lot of um, just so many, and, and I'll give the link. I'll give all that information out, too, when we get towards the end. Okay. But we just have so many services and things that we can provide to these kids, families, um, and not just our youth, but we have kids that come back. Um, even just being there the short time that I have, the stories, the kids that are coming back. Um, actually, one of the girls I um, started working with when I started social work was like, 10 or 11 she was there when I got there at shelter and she had been through the system the whole time mm. and I'm so proud of her because she was graduating high school early she'd gotten her CNA she actually made the news Dora is her name I'm so proud of her she has gone through the struggles I remember going in and you know taking pots and pans and banging them together to get her butt up for school she just <laughs> refused to go to school and her mom was just not her mom was not understanding how important it was for her to get up and go to school and now she's now she's thriving wow now she's thriving wow. yeah so we're really proud of her um we do fun outings with them too like we we take them to go uh ice skating we take them to husker games we have like alumni that volunteer uh tickets up so our staff gets to take them to games and they have the time of their lives it's the best well you know i think everyone deserves a, a chance and it sounds like to me that's a big part of you guys' mission. Actually, what is the mission? Um, well, in, in general for the shelter, um, I want to be able to provide um, worth for these kids. We want them to, I mean, grow with their mind, um, mentally, emotionally. I probably should go to my notes so I know exactly what that's I need fine. to tell you. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Go right ahead because well, I think this is important. I mean, it's not that I don't know. I just, I really want to give the rundown on, like, why it's important these kids are involved in activities. They need to be stimulated mentally and emotionally and physically. Um, there is so much um, the effect that poverty has on these kids that mm -hmm. are coming through. You know, you have the YMCA sports who... I should probably, that's, that's me. Should I turn it off? I feel yeah. like it's, it's blinking. I feel a little bad. <laughs> okay. That's fine. No, do what you got to do. Oh, sorry. No problem. But you know, I was sitting here thinking with all these kids that you're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, I, my heart goes out to the, to those kids because a lot of them didn't ask to be in the situation no. that they're in. No, they so, didn't. So they basically got put into a situation and then they're forced to learn how to deal with it right. with limited skills. Right. I think that's. So with that, we want to provide those for them um, because they don't have the opportunity to have access to those things that most kids do um, have access to a lot of the, so there's six, well, I guess there's seven high schools now in Lincoln, but last year they did a, a 
a study, basically there's three high schools that um, were more inclined to have a higher rate of poverty in their school system area. Mm. And then the other three were not. Those kids that actually got to go to state for games and things like that, they were in the lower um they were in the lower amount of poverty level so like they had access to better equipment they had access to better facilities they had access to um having select teams that they got to play sports in and stuff those kids that we serve in the shelter none of them have that none of them got to do that none of them get to have access to those things and so that's um a disadvantage right there for them to actually like um have that success rate in life you know, that's, that's, man, I'm just listening to you because I'm learning a lot, too. Uh, I think we're going to take a quick break, okay. and then we're going to come back, and I want you to finish telling us more okay. about this, okay? Okay, sir. Hey, great. don't you guys go nowhere. We'll be right back with the Get Your Happy On Hour with Ricky C. Simmons on 93.7 The